Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Sunday night, November 23rd, 2014. WWE presents Survivor Series in St. Louis, Missouri. The main event, a battle for WWE's very future, featuring Team Cena and Team Authority. We're down to Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins for their respective teams, and it looks like Dolph is about to pull off the upset of the century. Crooked official Scott Armstrong darts to the ring where, with glee, he will count Dolph Ziggler's shoulders down for three seconds, awarding absolute power over WWE to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. However, before Armstrong's hand can hit the canvas for even a second time, an unexpected guest shocks the arena. Fans are in awe, certainly not lost for words, as for the very first time in history, Sting enters a WWE ring. A lengthy stare down between the much-lauded WCW legend and Triple H is a surreal sight to the hundreds of thousands watching around the world on the WWE Network. After what feels like an eternity, the game goes to strike. A big mistake. Stinger strikes. Oh my God. And he pulls Ziggler into the cover of Seth Rollins. Yes, here's the cover. No, 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 no. Team Cena wins. You Dolph Ziggler and Team Cena. Oh, happy day. The unthinkable has happened. Sting has arrived in the WWE. How did we get here? More importantly, why did it take so long? And what happened to make the frost between WCW's ultimate icon and the company he worked against his entire career finally thaw? My name is Tom Campbell, and this is the true story of Sting's WWE debut. It cannot be stressed enough how 
unfathomable it was. Even when we watched him walk towards the ring at Survivor Series, the idea of Sting competing for WWE to certain generations does not compute. During the Monday Night Wars in the mid-90s, Sting was, like many, staunchly World Championship Wrestling exclusive. Even in the years that followed WCW's demise in 2001, which we will get to, nearly all of those with Atlanta roots ended up planted in Stamford soil, except Sting. What changed after all those years to finally bring the last WCW name to WWE HQ? Let us start at the start. It's 1984, and Steve Borden, aged 21, has graduated from high school and is making his way in the world of competitive bodybuilding. He's already turning heads. He's a handsome young man with an impressive 435-pound bench press. He's subsidizing his income for his ambitions here at the Gold's Gym that he co-owns in Southern California. One of Steve's regulars enters. As always, he's greeted with a warm welcome and gasps from newcomers. Steve knows him as Terry. Nice guy, always puts the weights back. Others know him as World Wrestling Federation star Hulk Hogan. So Terry, or Hogan, would frequent Steve Borden's gym along with a number of pro wrestling wannabes looking to break into the business. Didn't phase our Steve, though. He knew about wrestling, but it just wasn't anything he really took a massive interest in. That was until one night, a few of those aforementioned wrestling wannabes convinced Steve to join them for a night at the Graps in Los Angeles. Steve Borden and his friends from the gym are buzzing as they leave the venue. They're walking down the street talking about the size of Andre the Giant and the power of Hulk Hogan or Terry. It's around this time that Steve Borden is convinced by his colleagues at the gym and his friends around him that with his physique, he could probably make the leap into the world of professional wrestling too. At the same time as Steve was leaving the World Wrestling Federation event, wrestling mind Rick Bassman was watching Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham in action. Now, as a fan of Captain America and 80s comic books in general, Rick didn't see how wrestlers like Rhodes, Windham, or even Hulk Hogan were considered standard bearers for the red, white, and blue. Where's the larger-than-life physiques? He has a very different idea on how America should be represented. And if the wrestling promoters across the country weren't going to do it, then he would do it himself. Rick Bassman has a plan, and it's a simple one. Find five handsome, muscle-bound men of multiple backgrounds and ethnicities, rent a wrestling ring to train them in, and thrust them upon an unsuspecting indie circuit. A quintet of powerhouses would give maximum reach and exposure, assuring that his plan was successful. No wrestling experience was required, just a good look and a willingness to learn the ropes. His early recruits included bodybuilders, a local security guard, a chiropractor, and a DHL delivery driver, all of whom essentially had all the gear, but no idea when it came to wrestling. Several fell by the wayside, not really vibing with what the whole sports entertainment thing was all about. Eventually, we're down to the security guard and a friend of his, as well as the chiropractor, and after some gentle persuasion from Bassman, our boy Steve Borden. It's a typically warm morning in the summer of 1985 when Steve enters the back garden of Rick Bassman. Rick's rented a pro wrestling ring and is chatting next to it with three well-conditioned towers of power, all touching six foot or pushing just above it. 
Rick shakes Steve's hand and introduces him to his training partners, the units of units that Rick believes will take over the wrestling territories. Steve meets Mark Miller, known as Commando, or Major, they haven't quite decided yet. He meets The Glory, Garland's Donahoe, and he meets Justice, real name, Jim Helwig. Rick tells Steve that from now on, if anybody in the wrestling industry asks, his name is Flash, and he is a card-carrying member of pro wrestling's greatest faction to be, Power Team USA. Power Team USA doesn't go the distance, unfortunately. There's several great 8x10s of all the lads together that were sent to promotions around America, but Miller and Donahoe, like several of their teammates before them, just didn't really click with the whole wrestling malarkey and they parted ways with Bassman. This left Jim Helwig and Steve bought, I mean, Justice and Flash who decided to part with Bassman, head down south and reinvent themselves. The Blade Runners, Jim Helwig and Steve. Before you get started with all your garbage, I got something important I want to say. To all you low-life rednecks out there, you know, for the past eight weeks, we've tried to fit in out here with all you mid-southern rednecks. We're, ti we're tired of degrading ourselves down to your level. So from now on, we're going to do things our style. That's California style. And most important, we're going to be known as the Blade Runners from now on. Yeah. So I guess Blade we better Runners. refer to them as... Blade Runners. Sometimes they're the Blade Runners. Sometimes they're the Freedom Fighters. Either way, they are tall, muscular, head-turning, handsome beasts of the wrestling ring. Their explosive, unique offense catches the eye of promoters at Universal Wrestling Federation, at the Continental Wrestling Alliance, and at the National Wrestling Alliance. Runners are just wreaking devastation on the team of Jackson and Dahl. Thrown into that turnbuckle by the strength of both Blade Runners as they're doing their best to try to re-establish the fact that they feel they are the best man team in the country today. They're burning through a lot of names at this point. As I say, Blade Runners, Freedom Fighters. Uh, Steve Borden becomes Blade Runner Rock for a little bit. He beats Dwayne Johnson by decades. That would soon change to Blade Runner Sting a third of which would stay with us for the rest of his career. The Freedom Fighters, with Hickerson back on the rope, they whip him across the way. Double clothesline coming off of there. Big Helwig at 285, Steve Borden at 255. One place that the Blade Runners are finding success is Mid-South Wrestling, run by promoter Bill Watts. Bill is an old-school wrestling guy who believes in paying dues in the most unorthodox of ways. Jim Helwig and Steve Borden are about to become the target of Bill's bizarre tough love. Bill Watts bursts into the locker room with the assembled roster and calls Jim Helwig over towards him. He informs Jim that he's going to show him and the rest of the locker room how to take a boot to the guts. Bill Watts, unlike the thousands in the Coliseum, is not intimidated by the size of the superstars in this room and instructs Jim to go down on his hands and knees and brace for his cowboy boot into his abdomen. Now, Jim is new to the wrestling world, but he isn't one for paying dues in this manner, and he staunchly refuses. If you want me on all fours, Bill, you're gonna have to put me there yourself. Jim bellows to laughter from his peers. Bill Watts is furious at this rebellious display and storms out. Steve's seeming reluctance to come to Jim's defense in that showdown with Bill Watts tears a hole in the Blade Runners. Shortly after the confrontation, Jim puts in a call to a friend at World Class Championship Wrestling and he departs to pursue a career as a singles wrestler. So the crowd picking up with Dingo right now. 
as a colorful and exciting and extraordinary muscle man, the Dingo Warrior. The number one thing on the Dingo's mind right now is getting revenge with the maniac, the mad dog, and Percy Pringle. You know, I don't know where to get all these crazy people. You know, you got the maniac, you got the mad dog, you got Abdullah the Butcher. Now you got this guy called Crusher that's got a big tattoo on his head. I don't know where they dig these guys up, but the Dingo doesn't, isn't scared of anybody and doesn't fear anything. From WCCW, Jim Helwig will bounce to the World Wrestling Federation and hit the big time as, you guessed it, the ultimate warrior. Some say that had things been different, the Blade Runners may have traveled to world class together and maybe even ended up moving to the WWF together. As it was though, Jim Helwig and Steve Borden's friendship and any working relationship was irreconcilable. It wasn't like Blade Runner Sting was struggling though. In the ring, Sting is here. David, we're taking a look though at a great athlete. As we can tell right now, he has really ripped up Gladiator number one from the outset. First time for me here at WTBS. And I love being here at WTBS. I got a lot of big things happening. That Stinger splash and he nails it. See my red blood cells just start to move a little bit, and I start going nuts. Inside cradle, can this be all? Yes! Thing has upset Ric Flair, the window heavyweight championship of the world. Has done it. Doing away with the Blade Runner part of his moniker and simply going with Sting, Steve Borden is flourishing in the National Wrestling Alliance. He's a homegrown All-American babyface star who, by the turn of the decade, is on top of the wrestling world. It's 1990, and we're in the office of WCW Executive Vice President Jim Hurd. He's loudly complaining down the phone about his recent run-in with Ric Flair, who took great exception to having his hair cut and renamed Spartacus. Why don't we go to Yankee Stadium and change Babe Ruth's number? Ric Flair famously replied to that suggestion. Jim Hurd shocked at the high opinion that this wrestler had of themselves. Jim, as you can imagine, isn't making many friends as WCW EVP. He's got some good ideas, sure. He's also got some not good ones, like wrestlers with hunchbacks that can't be pinned or wrestlers with, with bells on their head. These are real ideas. Entering Jim's office is no ding-dong. No, it's Steve Borden, who's pushing to get his new contract finalized with WCW. Jim Hurd scoffs at the idea of Sting earning Road Warriors money. He claims that Steve Borden should set more realistic ambitions, citing Steve Avery of the Atlanta Braves, who at the time was making $100,000 in his rookie year. Borden reminds Jim that this is not his rookie year and resents being treated like it is. As Jim talks through the reasons why he can't possibly offer his main event star the money he deserves, Sting's mind is going back to, weirdly, the NAPTE convention from a few months before. It was there, amongst the movers and the shakers of the television world, he officially got introduced to Vince McMahon the one behind the World Wrestling Federation. That could, at this point in time, offer either leverage or a fresh start. The WWF was the reason Sting fell in love with wrestling in the first place. He's been watching as Vince McMahon's brand of sports entertainment terraforms professional wrestling, leaving the territory system he rose through decimated. Vince was only complimentary during their short meeting. Was it pleasantries? Sting thinks to himself? Or would McMahon open the checkbook and put Sting across the ring from Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage or heaven forbid the ultimate warrior? We'll never know. Jim Hurd agrees more money for Steve Borden and the Stinger isn't going anywhere.
sweat and my tears for WCW. So for all of those fans out there and all those wrestlers that never doubted the Stinger, I'll stand by you if you stand by me. Powered by the financial backing of Ted Turner and Time Warner, WCW is a powerhouse that has the World Wrestling Federation on the run for 83 weeks. Sting is a key player on WCW Nitro during the Monday Night Wars. Even when he's just hanging around the rafters, Sting's the center of attention. That's, that's Sting from the top of the United Center. Where's he coming from? What an incredible scene we have. Wrestlers jump back and forth between World Championship Wrestling and the World Wrestling Federation, seeking new opportunities or seeking to be on the winning side. But the one divine constant for WCW is Sting, who is there with them for the highs. A scorpion deathlock! And the lows. Oh, you think I'm Henry Hart? We'll find out. It's showtime, Vince. Does that mean he's gonna be? He's gonna be Russo's partner? And is there at the very, very end? The very fate of WCW is in my hands. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's March 26th, 2001, and we are at the Boardwalk Beach Resort in Panama City, Florida. The crowd is a mix of local WCW fans and college kids on spring break. They're loud, a little intoxicated, but excited for a night of wrestling. The atmosphere backstage is very different. There's tears being shed as, for many, they know this is the last time they'll all be together in the same place. There's relief for some, happy to finally call time on this part of their lives. Throughout all of it, there is uncertainty as the show is put together, overseen by new faces in the WCW backstage area, Gerald Briscoe, Bruce Pritchard and Shane McMahon. Some rush to meet Shane, keen to lobby for a role in whatever the World Wrestling Federation has planned for WCW. Some dismiss him, too angry or upset to quote, kiss ass to the new boss. Some were indifferent to what was going on. You see, WCW's heaviest hitters had the foresight years before to sign new contracts, not with World Championship Wrestling, but with the company that owned them, AOL Time Warner. Now, those few knew that if they didn't get picked up by the WWF, they were making money for at least another year anyway, and good money too. One of those in that enviable position is Sting. 
He's currently preparing to record his final promo for WCW before heading back into a meeting led by the WWF contingent to go over the plans for the future. A camera is set up in front of a black curtain. The Stinger's trademark black baseball bats hanging from the ceiling. Steve Borden, finishing the last of his face paint, has good vibes from Shane McMahon, despite no meeting being put in place between the parties. At the same time, hundreds of miles away, Steve Borden's legal team are going through emails from AOL Time Warner. They've offered Sting 50 cents on the dollar to buy him out of his existing contract with them. And it is a tempting offer. While Sting would only receive half of his contracted WCW pay if he did so, he would be immediately a free agent and could explore any professional wrestling avenue he chose. The alternative to take what is tantamount to gardening leave until early 2002 and get every single penny of his agreed deal is a tempting offer as well. It would be a chance for Sting to rest from the road and confront some personal demons. However, Sting... Steve Borden, now in his 40s, is aware that the clock is ticking. Could he afford to spend a year in the wilderness with major jobs in the wrestling world now so few and far between? All of these things are racing through Steve Borden's head as he stands behind that black curtain. Now it's time to put a pin in such decision making. Sting may not know how the big picture looks, but he knows what his immediate plans are to close out World Championship Wrestling with his greatest opponent, Ric Flair. The camera light goes on, and Sting is counted down. Surprise, surprise! The Stinger is back, of course. Did you think I would miss this night? Not for nothing would I miss this night. This is an historic night. One more dance with the nature boy, Ric Flair. We started it years ago, Rick, and tonight, we're gonna end it once and for all. And for all you fans out there, who are wondering what the future holds for Sting? Well, the only thing for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. It's showtime, folks! Sting, almost 20 Flair to hit him again. Look at Flair beg off one more time. Sting back to the corner, going to work. We've seen it so many times. God, we love it. Each and every moment, Flair upside down. Sting on the attack. Who's going to win this final match here on Monday Nitro on TNT? Oh, superplex. Is it Sting with a superplex? Yes. He got him down. What's Sting going to do now? Scorpion deadlock. Scorpion, He's got it on. He's got it on. Center of the ring. It's, it's over. It's over. It's Sting. Sting wins. Sting defeats Ric Flair here on the final telecast of WCW Monday Nitro on TNT. And look at that. My God, he's going to help him up in an embrace. This is what we're all about. Sting knows that Ric Flair made him at that Clash of the Champions. That's ultimate respect. It for really two, is. For two men, I have to say that I am huge fans of. They make me continue to be fan of professional wrestling. Thank you, Steve Borden. Thank you, Ric Flair, for everything you've meant to this sport. It's been an emotional roller coaster for all of us fans. Ultimately, Sting decides not to rush into a now crowded wrestling market with the other talent and will take the rest of the year off from the grind of professional wrestling. We haven't got into this, but Sting has opened up in recent years about how the constant travel and physical damage that came with a professional wrestling tour had led to him spiraling into drug and alcohol addiction, using beer and muscle relaxers to take the edge off of life on the road. He comes clean to his wife about his addictions and his transgressions whilst touring. From that dark moment, Steve Borden quits alcohol and drugs cold turkey and commits his life to God. Here's Steve Borden in 2018 talking to Pastor Ed Young about finding his faith. 
I said, no more lip service. I need something supernatural because there's no amount of money, no drug, no woman, no man, wow. no doctor, no nothing that's going to be able to get me out of this deep, dark despair. And I'm not waking up from a bad nightmare or something. So, God, from this day forward, I will live my life for you. You, you must come and fix me. Come and live inside of me. No more lip service. Show me how to live, how to be a Christian, mm -hmm. how to be a man, how to get off these drugs, how to stop doing all the stuff yes. I'm doing. And I, I didn't go to a 12-step program, one-step Jesus Christ and he saved my life and he wow. fixed me. It's 2002 and Steve Borden is receiving a phone call from Vince McMahon. After a critically unsuccessful but financially beneficial WWF versus WCW war in 2001, World Championship Wrestling is absorbed into the World Wrestling Federation. The timing of this is unfortunate, as all of a sudden, all those heavy hitters we spoke about earlier, the ones with contracts tied into AOL Time Warner, well, they're back on the market and they're looking for work. The consortium was me, and now you and I were partners. What? Oh my God, Blair McMahon are partners. I'm going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of poison. If anybody's gonna kill my creation, I'm gonna do it. Me and the NW. Oh. This is why Vince McMahon is now calling Steve Borden. He's got an offer for the WCW legend that surely now his big money deal is all paid up he'll have to listen to. Steve Borden does listen, but he already knows in his gut what his answer will be. It's a good conversation, and some big ideas are thrown around about how to bring Sting into the WWF, which is, by the way, now known as WWE. You see, whilst Vince was able to defeat Turner's Billions, he couldn't stop the World Wildlife Fund, who sued the World Wrestling Federation for reneging on a trademark deal, leading the WWF to getting the F out. It's a whole legal thing that went down at the time. One of those ideas for Steve Borden is a WrestleMania 18 showdown with Kurt Angle, one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet and one of the company's top stars. Sting sits and listens. He imagines these big ideas and brand licensing plans that Vince McMahon charismatically paints in his mind's eye. He also plays back in his mind things that he's seen on Raw and SmackDown over the past few months. He's seeing right now the best that WCW has to offer. He'll see it again on the 22nd at Invasion during the inaugural brawl. Who in the blue hell are you? <laughs> I'm the WCW champion, sucker. Just so The Rock understands this, you're the WCW Champion sucker. WWF superstars are just wearing out. Palumbo in O'Hare. The WCW is warned. Don't come into our house. This Farouk tosses Palumbo through a table. And the assault continues on O'Hare. Then the Abyssus. And O'Hare goes through the table. How can you condone this? Match is underway. Match is underway. And here we go. And look at Sarah. My God, Sarah is me. Steve Borden, like all of us, saw how WCW stars were treated by Vince McMahon's booking committee. They were outsiders, comedy mid-card talent who were vastly inferior to the mighty WWF locker room. The words that Vince was saying sounded great, but Sting has a feeling in his guts that right now, stepping into the World Wrestling Federation or WWE would be like stepping into a hornet's nest. Away from that, Vince's offer would see Steve Borden back on the road six days a week, a reality that he's not willing to face again after the destructive way that it went last time. Vince wants to pay Sting a lot of money to come in, but he needs to earn it as part of the touring roster. Sting isn't up for the hectic schedule, so the parties are at a stalemate. 
No deal is made, but there's a dialogue that Vince McMahon is keen to keep open. In the meantime, Sting hooks up with an old friend from WCW in Jeff Jarrett, who invites him to join his international touring show, World Wrestling All-Stars. This promotion doesn't last too long, but it puts an infrastructure in place for Jeff Jarrett, along with some willing financial backers, to make sure that all the action does not stop. Totally. When Vince McMahon calls Steve Borden once again in 2003, Steve informs Vince of his intentions to take a contract offer from the Jarretts and work for NWA TNA. Vince McMahon's reaction takes Sting back. The thought of you and the legacy that you leave behind and you going to TNA is just bleh. That's Vince McMahon's reaction, bleh. Sting's time with total non-stop action was far from bleh, though. It sees multiple world title reigns and some character reinventions that add new chapters to Sting's wrestling biography. I can't wait to tell you what makes me tick, Hulkster. It's TNA, total non-stop action. That's what makes me tick. I gotta tell you, well, I gotta tell you, there's something that's exhilarating about being insane. There's some highlights and there's some lowlights, but having Sting in the locker room is a massive boost for TNA. However, as 2010 draws to a close, it looks like new passages are calling. I came here originally because I love TNA! Five years later, I wouldn't have sacrificed this old body as much as I have unless I loved TNA! So those are not just words, I love this place. But this, and most of all, this right here, and you too. This, this is called a no-win situation. And I'm not gonna repeat history once again. The answer is no. As Sting leaves the impact zone, he's unsure legitimately if he will return. His TNA contract expires on New Year's Eve and the sides are yet to come to terms on a new deal. And as it looked like it was close to the end of the road for TNA and Sting, Steve Borden's phone rings again. Vince McMahon calls Sting with an idea he thinks could not be turned down. He's loaded the bases for this one as well. Steve Borden sits in his armchair in his home as the WWE chairman lays it all out there. A WWE Hall of Fame induction followed by a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. It is a dream match that wrestling fans have salivated over for years. Both Undertaker and Sting were cut from similar cloth. Both dark, brooding personas with nothing but respect from their peers. Both trusted ring generals on the wrestling battlefield who stayed true to their side during the Monday Night War. It was considered to be the last dream match of that bygone era, and Vince McMahon was offering it to Sting. Plus the added caveat of a place in the hallowed WWE Hall of Fame, assuring that his legacy would never be bleh again. Taking all of this in, Steve Borden is impressed with the offer. But there's that nagging doubt once again about how he would be treated as part of WWE. It still hasn't gone away. Joining Vince McMahon still isn't sitting right and his offer is declined. Sting opts instead to strike a new deal with TNA Wrestling and he returns to TV on February of 2011. From Venice Beach, California, 
for the icon. Hardy crunched up on top. Oh my oh, God! From the top, the Scorpion Death Drop by almost, Sting. Almost snapped his neck, man. Gonna drag Hardy back out to the middle of the ring. Gonna pick him up again. Sting's not done. The limp body of Jeff Hardy powered down. Another Scorpion Death Drop. Sting up top. Here's one. Here's two. New champion. Now, speculation at the time from reporters in the wrestling world acknowledges that an eerie countdown message that was appearing on WWE Raw promoting a major event taking place on 2-2-11 was designed, according to speculation, for the debut of Sting. Whilst this hasn't been confirmed, and on TV it would end up being The Undertaker's return to Monday Night Raw, some believed that Vince McMahon and co. were so confident that Sting would sign the deal, they'd already begun trailing his debut. I'll leave that with you if you think that's a, a true picture of what was going on or not. To his feet. <laughs> Where's the ref? It's Dixie Carter dragging senior official Earl Hebner, pulling him by the shirt. Forcing him to come to the ring. I'm not doing this. I'm not. Straight up direct order to get in the ring and count. Sting's down. Magnus covers. Earl forced by Dixie Carter to count one. No. Sting's going to be gone. Sting is going to be gone forever. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match. TNA Heavyweight Champion of the World, Magnus. She did it again, Taz. She did it again. And there she has the paperwork. She has the contract of Sting in her hands. Well, and, and no, no, think, of, think of what we've just witnessed here. I, I, I know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not, it's not only Magnus retaining the world heavyweight title. I mean, that's just part of it. Well, but no contract for Sting. The icon, the first person inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame and his contract being shredded. On January 23rd, 2014, Sting loses to Nick Aldis, then known as Magnus, in a TNA Championship match, headlining night two of TNA Genesis. As a result of this, his contract with TNA is terminated. It would legitimately be Sting's final outing as part of total nonstop action, calling time on over a decade with the promotion. Just a few months later, the wrestling world is rocked by a loss that for Steve Borden is incredibly close to home. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. 24 hours after WrestleMania 30, the Ultimate Warrior makes his return to Monday Night Raw. This is the final time we hear from Jim Helwig. 24 hours later, Ultimate Warrior suffers a heart attack that he never wakes up from and passes away at the age of 54. Is this really happening? He's saying, you know, every man will breathe his last breath. His heart will beat one last time. And then it happens to him. Um, it was, you know, I guess prophetic in a way. It's like 
all this great stuff, and then like that, everything changes. WWE pay tribute to the Ultimate Warrior's legacy in a documentary special on the WWE Network. As tragic as these circumstances are, what we hear there is Steve Borden, Sting, speaking on the WWE Network in non-archived form for the very first time. This marks Sting's first ever bit of business with the WWE. Discussions have already taken place before this recording and the unthinkable happens. We go to Stamford headquarters where we see Triple H and Sting shaking hands after a deal was struck to bring the legend of WCW into the WWE. Mere days after his appearance, a Best of Sting DVD is available for pre-order on WWE.com. Soon after that, 2K Games reveals Sting as a playable character in their next video game. He even shoots a now iconic commercial for the game that features a full orchestra daubed in Sting face paint playing his theme song in a burned out warehouse. It's all very, very cool. It's what's called a Legends deal. The Sportster describes the holder of such a contract as an individual usually paid an upfront amount of money to cover royalties such as video game appearances and merchandise sales with the contract giving WWE the rights to use their image in t-shirts and other products. That's exactly what we see. Sting gets t-shirts, merch, action figures, DVD releases, and the like. His first appearance publicly as a WWE legend came at the San Diego Comic-Con in 2014. My current relationship with WWE is good. I mean, uh, it's always been good. You know, the, the word out there for so many years has been that it hasn't been good. Sting will never go up there. I don't know where it even came from. Uh, but no, it's, it's good. I've been talking with Triple H, and so, yes, things are good. It's kind of like now or never, you know, at my age, uh, the, the wave is coming into shore and so it's, uh, I'd say about time that something happens if we can make it happen. And this brings us to Sunday night, November the 23rd, 2014. We welcome you to a Thanksgiving week tradition. This is the 28th annual Survivor Series. You are looking live at the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. WWE fans ready for the night that will change WWE forever. There's a buzz backstage tonight. It's the first WWE pay-per-view being shown on the WWE Network, offering it to subscribers for free. There's been some concern from the locker room about losing pay-per-view payoffs should this be the model going forward. However, if it's successful, it could lead to new revenue streams opening up. At least that's what we're told. Something big needed to happen to make sure that people subscribe to the network to see it go down. Steve Borden is putting the finishing touches to his face paint and is taking time to process what is about to happen. Meetings with WWE Creative have set out a roadmap for Sting's WWE debut match. It's not the one he had hoped for, or the one that we had hoped for, against The Undertaker, but it was one that he was excited to get his teeth into. That journey was starting just an hour or so from now here in St. Louis. There were scattered sting signs already in the crowd as PW Insider and other sources had shared intel that the unthinkable was about to happen and Sting was about to join WWE as an in-ring competitor. WWE had tried in the past few days to throw people off the scent with talk of a return for Randy Orton, who was absent from TV at that time. In a weird way... It was pretty cool to be able to give the fans something that they were hyped for seeing. Steve Borden, now finished with his face paint, enters gorilla position and waits for his cue. And 
This is how we got here. A journey that could have ended decades before. But one that shocked the wrestling world in 2014 to its very core. We all know how Sting's WWE run went from here, don't we? A high-profile match with Triple H at WrestleMania 31 and an injury setback just a few short months later. Sting left WWE with a record of two wins and two losses. His most high-profile matches were both in defeat. So maybe his gut feeling wasn't completely wrong after all. Despite this, Sting did get his spot in the WWE Hall of Fame before making peace with never having that big-time WWE run or that match with The Undertaker, despite the fact that Sting had pitched for he and Undertaker to have a cinematic wrestling match during the pandemic, a suggestion that was shot down before he parted ways with the company later that year. Currently, you can find Steve Borden where he is at his most comfortable, on TNT in a promotion running up against WWE. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 